Hello, and welcome to Straight Talk, where we talk about today's issues, men's stuff, health, wrestling, and I am your host, Leroy. Thank you for joining us, and I appreciate the viewers, uh, well, I'm used to saying viewers because I do a lot of YouTube, but the listeners, I guess you would say, since it's a podcast. I hope to find out how to put the podcast actually on YouTube one day. Um... Let's see what we're going to talk about today. The issues we will be covering. We'll be talking about Kobe Bryant's wife and the situation that happened. Anne Heche, um school shooting and the mental health after the fact. Trump, the laws in New York, and Mike Tyson says throw out your protein powder, people. I don't know. Maybe we won't cover any wrestling today or just briefly. But that's what's on the agenda for the show today. And I also want to talk about a little something else after the mental health little thing that we do. First off, if you're not familiar with the situation with Kobe Bryant's wife, um, she was suing the police department for um, when the crash happened. The um, officers that responded... I don't know exactly if it's um if it was more than the officers. Uh, Vanessa Bryan. I I had to look up her name there for a second. Sorry about that. Sorry about that, Miss Bryan. But Vanessa Bryan, the wife of well, widow of Kobe Bryant, after he crashed in that helicopter crash with his daughter a few years back, they um they actually took pictures of the body. And I guess, you know, since the daughter was next to the husband, I mean, they shouldn't be taking pictures of anybody like that in that situation. But being that the daughter was next to the husband or her dad, most likely she was in the pictures as well. And number one, that's a child. And I'm pretty sure some of those officers had children. And, you know, there's a different situation when it involves a child. And if you don't think that way, most likely you don't have a child. Because once you have a child, you do anything for them. So, that is definitely a very sad situation. And she did actually win the case, which I applaud her for. She stood up for her late husband, stood up for her daughter, her family, and has won the case after... These pictures were actually the it, not even the fact of the pictures that were so you know bad and everything. It was also the fact that she that not she but um the officers and the responders actually shared the the um, photos with people they knew at bars and stuff like that, showing off and you know and then also like everything in the world, it made its way across the internet and. Like we said, it's a sad, sad situation when something like that makes its way across the internet and people get to see that and people, you know, that's very devastating for her. She lost her husband and her daughter all in the same day, completely and utterly devastating. It wasn't even like, you know, something that was... um. Like, you know, the person was sick and dying or anything like that. It was an all-of-a-sudden type thing that just happened. And, you know, it's a sudden act. 
say that and hear you know, these people are taking pictures of your loved ones and spreading them around. And showing people, of course, the internet got a hold of it. We don't know if one of these officers, maybe he sent it to someone and they put it on the internet or they put it on the internet themselves. We don't know the whole full story. But nonetheless, it's where it is. It's the situation where it's at, and that is the situation, and it's a very sad situation. As a first responder or ambulance or police or anything, you have a, you have a duty to uphold, to protect people. And just because the person's gone doesn't mean you still don't, you don't have that duty to protect them. You have the protection, you have to protect their legacy, their, who they are. And also protect their family that's still here because still, he has children and a wife here. And that must have been extremely hurtful for them to see if they saw it. Or to even hear about. So, kudos to Miss Vanessa Bryan. Good job. I'm very happy that you did this and very happy that you won. So, thank you again for standing up for your husband, your daughter, and their legacies. Because... That's what needed to be done at this time and situation. Now, I guess you could say sports celebrity slash there. But let's talk about another celebrity. And Haish. Now, hear me out before you say, what the hell is he talking about? I do find it, it's a tragedy. No matter what way you spin it or look at it, it is definitely a tragedy. And it's someone that we lost and family members lost. So my heart goes out to them and I feel for them. And it's a crazy situation. It's a very bizarre situation as well after everything unfolded and we found out, you know, exactly what went on with that situation and what happened. And we got the details of the situation. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry about that. Um, we got the details of the situation and found out that she was using massive amounts of drugs. And she was, you know, drinking, drugging, and the whole nine. And guess what, people? It's reality. I know we've all, not everybody, but a lot of people are guilty of having a couple of drinks and driving when they shouldn't have. Or, you know, doing drugs or whatever and then just going and driving not thinking about themselves and or others. More so the others because you did this to yourself. And sad that you're gone. Sad that the situation happened. But in the end, you did it to yourself. You're your own worst enemy in that situation. And medicating problems or feelings or self-medicating. Actually, there's medicine that can be given to you or you can get from medical professionals that would help you with this situation and you know if that's not for you then look other ways of natural healing because I always try to do that any kind of aches and pains colds or anything like that I always want to find a natural way of healing I don't really want to go out and get um anything that would uh you know how would you say would um well, number one, you don't know what they're putting in the medicine. That That's far and foremost. And, of course, a lot of people will disagree. Some people will definitely disagree, will definitely agree. And that is, we don't know 
what's in these medicines far and foremost also these big pharmaceutical companies out there making a ton of money off of us you don't know what corners they're cutting or what they're putting in the medicine or what they're not saying they're putting in the medicine because they want it to succeed they want it to look good so more and more people do it more and more people buy it more and more doctors prescribe it and if you look at we're in america so medicine is a big big expensive and a big um business and they lobby for a lot of stuff and they get away with a lot of stuff as well because of that and you know they reach out to all these government officials and these senators and they lobby and do the whole nine and they do quite make quite a lot of money off of this so of course it is in their best interest to get the medicine out there get the people purchasing it getting them buying it and using it um look at oxycodone uh it's like a academic if you haven't checked out the news about it and checked out the situation but it's a very addictive drug and i've i've worked in the medical field so i've spoke with people firsthand who has dealt with the problems of it and you know some people are addicted to because they just enjoy it other people they can't stand the way they feel or how they can't function on it and i've talked to both sides of the of the fence and it is, it's a very addictive thing. And now they're looking at alternatives to get people off of that. And if you're not aware of it, when you do get it, it's a very watched thing. It's very looked at and scrutinized because it's very addictive. It's very harmful to you. I never took that. I've had accidents where I was injured or surgeries or whatever. Never took it, would never take it. I'd have to be in complete and absolute dire pain, not able to move or talk before I would even, you know, contemplate taking that because I don't want that stuff in my system. Like I said, I try to look more and more through natural methods of relieving pain and situations. So that is, without a doubt, something I would not be going near. And, okay, so now we move on to our next topic. I don't want to go... Oh, and I'm sorry. We were talking about Anne H. I completely lost track right there. But, like I said, it's a sad, sad thing. I went off on a tangent on my soapbox. Sorry about that, guys. But it's a sad thing. And, you know, her family lost her. But I hear a lot of people, Oh, my God, what happened? What happened? And I just think back, like, I just think about, like, you know... People are saying, oh my god, what happened? But it's like, yeah, you're saying this This is a celebrity. If it was some guy that worked in your office or some guy you saw on a day-to-day, and you're like, oh, he did all the drugs and took a car, this is his damn fault, screw him. And I'm not saying screw Jan and Hayes because she did take the drugs, but she is the cause of her situation. You do stuff like that, and that's what causes the situation, and that's what happened to her. That was the point I was trying to get out after I went on my tangent there. But we circled back around and got the point out. So that's what it is, people. Sorry about that. I try not to do that. (laughs) And we talk about our good old friend Trump. Biden and Trump. You can never get them out of the news because they're always going to do something silly or fun. So Trump slashes out at McConnell as the election falsehoods of the republican event so he was basically told you lost and he got very upset and because joe conkle um 
he called the Senate race. Oh, Mitch McConnell, I'm sorry. Mitch McConnell. And Trump called him a dumb... You know, Saturday night after the speech of the Republicans, blaming the senator for not helping overturn the 2020 election. So, he's lashing at the people that would not help him overturn the election. The only person that would help him is good old Rudy Giuliani, a very hated man and a very bizarre man who is in... Well, he's in that little boat, that parochial boat, without the paddle, trying to go upriver. So good luck, Mr. Giuliani, because you screwed yourself after you've screwed so many people. That's all I have to say about that, and that's my stance on that. So, um, Valdi, or Yuvdal, was mental health desert before school shooting prompted Texas to respond to the resources. So, we have spoke about this before, and... As we can all imagine, the mental health of all the people there who were related or lost, well, related to people that were shot there or, you know, kids that were shot there. Like I said in the beginning about children with the Kobe Bryant incident, you know, you, you, you far, far and foremost is your child's health, health and wellness. And these are children that we lost and it's a scary fact especially when you have a child that's in school it hits home a little bit more i can remember seeing and hearing about school shootings before i had a child and you know it affected me i was upset i was scared i was like oh my gosh but once you have a kid and you know that kid's in school the fear in your mind of that could happen to him or her is just overwhelming at points and it's something that sneaks into your head without even knowing it on the day-to-day, especially when they're in school. I mean, summer vacation is pretty much over for everybody, so everybody's going to be going back to school and doing whatever. But the parents, that's in your head still. Especially the ones in Texas. They're, it's really close to home there. And, um, you know, here, I'll, I'll just read a little bit of the article here. Now, here, now her family worries that the limits of small town system they relied on makes it um not equal or meet the needs of the children like hers child who was um was lost one of the mothers that speak out um i don't think they give the name here they're just talking about oh the girl's first appointment with counselors at the government fundamental oh they're talking about government fundamentals for the person that did the shooting and of course the other people that were involved or lost people in the shooting um i understand the process of order to get help so they're just basically talking about help for the child that did the murder because you know we're all upset with the guy don't get me wrong i i overwhelmingly do not like the person but in the end, those parents did lose a child as well. And they have to live with the fact of what their child did and live that down. So that's a pretty harsh thing to live with and a pretty harsh thing to live down. Or, you know, come to grips with it, I guess you would say. Um, so, the, like I said in the article, I'm sorry. It's a, a very emotional thing for a lot of people, I guess. But um, despite the teen's isolation in South Texas... Um, it's not, he's not alone. She, he's among millions of people who's, 
um, shattered across the rural country area of Texas who are unvalid or high rates of depression, anxiety, suicide, and their urban counterparts. Yet, they have only limited access to patchworks, mental health. So basically, in a nutshell, they're saying that it's just a little, you know, here's a little band-aid on your gushing wound. Deal with it. And mental health is a big issue, people. Um, it's a very big issue, and it's affecting a lot of people. And look, this not only affected the person that was dealing with the mental health, now it is cascading as he takes out his anger, frustrations, depression, whatever you want to say. He took it out on a bunch of kids. And now, because of that and the losses of like the teachers and their loved ones, that one teacher, the husband, died after the fact. After he found out about it, the one police officer there, don't get me wrong, the police officers definitely 100% did wrong and should have went in there. They're cowards. And, you know, I don't try to take sides on stuff like that, but it's blatant, man. It's completely and utterly blatant what they did or lack of didn't do, I guess you would say more so. But um, it is very, very apparent, very vis visible, and it's kind of scary to see that these guys just stood there while this was happening and didn't even do a thing. And that one officer that tried to go and they stopped him. I'm sorry, I think if I was an officer, I'd been like, still, guess what, fire me or whatever, I'm going in. If you cowards aren't going to go in, I'm going to go in. Because those are children, man, and... That's our jobs, not as just as parents or, in their case, law enforcement. It's your job to protect. It's your job to be there. We were at a function with my son yesterday, and it was in a park, and some of the kids were running all around. The parents were like, oh, just talking on the side. I followed my kid. I made sure I knew where he was, and he's like, Daddy, why are you following me? It's my job. I need to know where you are, know you're safe, especially in these times and all the craziness that happens. Because something pops off. I want to be there to grab you. I want to be there to help you. And I want to be there to try to save you the best of my abilities. Because I would give my life for you. I didn't say all that, but I just said it's my job. And that's the job I'm speaking of. It's our job to protect the children. They're the future. We've had our time. We did what we did. And now it's our time to install the values and the stuff that we learned into the children. So that they can learn from our mistakes. And hope they turn out good. Because that's all we hope. They hope we, we hope they turn out good and they they do better than we did. And, and achieve more than we did. Of course. Because we love them and that's our children. And there are so many parents that lost their children this day. I'm sorry. I'm getting choked up and worked up about it. Because it's an emotional thing. And these parents are not going to see those kids grow up. Because of this. Because of the faults of the mental health system. The false of that child that did it, and the false of the police department. And it has to stop. We need to protect these children. If they need mental health, we need to get it to them. It needs to be available for them, and they need to get it to them. After all this stuff that happened in the last couple of years, everybody's on edge. Everybody's got a little, you know, edge to them, a little upset, a little bit. I don't know what's next type of deal. This is why we need it. So please, people, do something about it. So this is what I'm talking about. I'm sorry I went like that, but 
like I said, it's an emotional thing. They were just talking about how, you know, the kid didn't get the help that he needed with his depression and everything. The parents are not getting the help and all that. And it's just crazy to think all this stuff. And everybody just sat there and said, okay. But now that we're speaking about mental health, before we get into a little bit of Mr. Mike Tyson, his protein throw it away type of deal thing. I don't know if I agree or disagree with him, but we'll get into that. But before we get into that, I want to talk about a subject that hit close to home. I do, even as an adult, and I did somewhat as a child, because of situations that happened to me and whatever, I do suffer. And I'm sorry, this is opening up for me, and I'm doing it on a podcast, so it's a little hard. <laughs> but um, I suffer from social anxiety. I do not deal well with social anxiety, and I get get a lot of social anxiety. And I know you're saying, well, you're doing a podcast and you do YouTube and all. That is part of the 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 healing process, I guess you would say, or the help process. Is I'm trying to help myself by doing that, and you know, fixing my social anxiety. I I don't I go to parties, you know, kids parties or grown up parties either, or I don't want to sit there and talk to people. I'd rather sit there. And if I do sit and talk to them and they start going off on another thing, I'm just like, oh, and I just go back into my shell. And the cell phone's a great product and a great thing that was invented. But man, it does a lot of bad too because it for it doesn't force me to go out there and try to mingle and socialize. I can pop up my phone and check out something on there and completely ignore the situation. And I am so guilty of it and do so so many times. And I do not like dealing with social situations. I don't like talking to people, whatever fear it is in the back of my mind about it. But um, I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one. Especially after the situation of being locked down and away from people. It kind of heightened it or enhanced it. And it's something that, you know, I'm pretty sure a lot of people other than myself are dealing with. And then, you know, all these electronics and stuff, I mean, they're cool and good. And it's able, allowing me to get this out to you guys and talk to you guys. But it's still a hindrance on situation because it doesn't force us to go into this situation. And not everybody needs to be forced to go into the situation. That's not the answer. Um, I think... You know, you have to have different mechanisms to deal with that. And it's hard. And, you know, it's hard dealing with. And you get, like, I, I have my Fitband on. I know my blood pressure because it warns me and tells me. I know my blood pressure goes up when I'm dealing with this situation. I know damn well it does. And I see it because I feel my Fitbit vibrating and I see it. And I'm like, oh, boy. Because I'm having anxiety about it. I, I don't like social situations. And I'm seeing that in my son as well. And it bothers me that he's like that. I don't want him to be like that. I don't want him to deal with what I deal with. I want him to be better and happier. And, you know, it's just a, a, a real thing that you think about and you feel about. Because, you know, it's a situation that you have to deal with yourself. And now you're seeing someone else starting to deal with it and you don't want him to. And parents who sit there, oh, look at the kids on the phone and the kids is in there. Guess what? <laughs> Just because your kid's not dealing with that situation doesn't mean other kids are not. So step the heck back and let it go. 
yeah, the kid's on the phone because he's having trouble dealing with this situation. And we do take the phone away from him. Because I know what I do, and I'm not the best example for him or for that situation. In that situation, I'm not the best example. But I'm a really good example in everything else, so maybe that outweighs it a little bit. I know that's an excuse a little bit, but, you know, I, even crowded stores, anything like that, it's not... I don't like it. If I see you and I say hi, and I'm a little bit awkward, I have social anxiety, and that's why I did it. And yes, it was diagnosed. I'm not just saying it. It was diagnosed. I do have it. So, if you're dealing with someone that acts a little bit awkward or whatever when you say hello or at a party, please try to be more friendly towards them and more understanding to the situation because they're dealing with something. And like with other things that I don't deal with, I find it hard and weird to comprehend it. And I'm pretty sure everybody else finds it weird and hard to comprehend what I'm going through. But it's a fact of life. And that's it. You know, that's just that, you know, leave in the comments below. Hopefully we can talk a little bit more about this situation. Now, on to health, as we call out this show. We're not going to get to the wrestle on this day, but I always put it in my intro because we do talk about it quite a bit. Um, but, uh, sorry, i just checking something here. But, um, on to health, as I said. No wrestling this week, but we will get to it probably next week. So, Mike Tyson said he doesn't use protein powders. I mean, if you come and think about it, it is a, you know, engineered protein. It's not straight from your food or organic. I try to eat as organic as humanly possible. And it sometimes it's really hard. But I try to eat as, as organic as possible. And there's a tongue twister for you peoples. So, laugh if you must. But, um, yes, he tried to get all his proteins, vitamins, and all that other fun stuff. But, um, you know, he did not use protein powder is what he's saying in this men's health article. I'm sorry, there's like a ton of pop-ups popping up in front of me as I'm trying to read this and check it out. So, he would normally, for his complex carbs, oatmeal, milk for the calcium and vitamin supplement. It might sound like Hulk Hogan saying, but... Say your prayers, eat your vitamins, and we'll never grow wrong. Never go wrong. And that's Mike Tyson's little thing there and his little homage to Hulk Hogan, I guess you would say. Um, lunches, chicken breast, staple and athletic diet. Um, rice and organic juice, vitamin C, natural sugars. Which is true. You're getting your vitamin C and your natural sugars from them. And of course, if you live in the United States, we all suffer from this. It's the... No vitamin D because we don't get out and we're always in the office and doing stuff like that and in the house. So we don't get out and we don't have enough vitamin D in our So we take supplements for our vitamin D. So dinner. Um, he does. Mike did, did not eat five to six meals throughout the day like typical bodybuilding. Instead, most of his um, food came. He ate three healthy large meals a day instead of. Sure. So he didn't basically he didn't have snacks. He had the standard, you know, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. For for now, I'm vegan, so this is gonna be a little bit different for me if I was to do something like this. Steak for his vitamins and minerals and protein. Pasta was his other carbohydrate sauce at dinner, and a glass of orange. He's quite a 
advocate and drinker of juices, that's for sure. Um, I'm not into the juice thing. Because I'd rather eat my calories than drink them. And then for snacks, if he did have a snack, there would be sweet potatoes for the protein or protein bars. Protein bars are kind of like protein powders, kid, uh, Mike. <laughs> okay, he blended proteins with a protein shake with a banana. So, he's saying no protein, but he's eating a protein. Oh, he said nowadays he doesn't. Okay, now I get it. Um, now, for cheat meals, I think everybody should have a cheat meal. If you're trying to lose weight and you're not getting it done, you need to cut the cheat meals. Not so crazy. And not so often. So that is definitely with, um, you know, something you should consider if you're not losing the weight you need to lose. You need to turn around and you need to cut the sheet meals for a little while and then you could go back to them. Or you could cut it like every three weeks or four weeks. So make sure you're reaching your goals if it's weight loss or it's cutting or whatever. Um... I do see here he also talks about pro um caffeine and you know the ingredients in the caf in the pre-workouts and stuff and it's massive amounts of caffeine. So I myself have been toying with the idea of cutting caffeine out, but I do love my freaking coffee so much. I'm a coffee person, so I love it. I don't drink like ten cups a day. I usually have one to two cups and I try to cut it at that to keep myself healthy. <coughs> Sorry. So there you have it. So I kind of agree with some points of Mike, uh, Mike Tyson about getting your stuff from organic and not, um, you know, pharmaceutical made who knows where and out of what type of protein powders and supplements and stuff. I do agree with that. And we all should stop eating all these prepackaged crazy foods and go to more organic stuff. And I'm running a little bit long in this. So maybe we'll get on this topic a little bit next week, and that'll be our health issue. So, the call of action, people. Please rate this review and subscribe to help the channel. I say channel. It's not YouTube. Well, podcast channel, I guess. To help the podcast and support us, you can check us out on Anchor, Spotify, and Google Podcasts for the latest. And... I am your host, Leroy, and thank you for joining us with all our great topics today. I'll just go over the topics real quick. We went over Carly Bryan's wife, Anne Heche, um, the school, the mental health of the people in Texas, Trump. We didn't go over the New York laws. We'll cover that next time, maybe, and also student loans. I wanted to speak a little bit about that, so we will go over that stuff. We'll keep that on the docket for next week, people. Thank you so much for watching. I really do appreciate it. I'm your host, Leroy. And have a great day like always and a great week.